There we go, that'll do. If you haven't been here, and thank you so much, Pearl, um, just for that recap. I hope some of you were also able to reflect on the questions that were set from as homework from um, Hannah's talk last week. So what, what cycle do you think we sit in? Hannah went through these cycles. Um, what cycle do you think we sit in? Um, and and how what's the church's kind of role in our society? So in case you haven't been here, this is not going to work. I'm just going to have to hold these. The paper clips don't work, Kyle. Kyle thought he'd revolutionised music stands by adding two paper clips. No, Kyle, you haven't. It's not wind, wind protective. In case you haven't been here for the last two weeks, um, for the for this month, it's alright. For this month um, of September, the hub um, community has been uh, taking us through what is church, trying to unpack that big question: what is church? And in in the first week, we had Jane and Jess unpack that question from a biblical lens: what is church? from the Word of God. What does what the Word of God tell us about what church is? And essentially they boiled it down to the, to, to the fact that God's mission is to align the whole world, every part of the world, but especially people, to align everything back with it, it, to Him. Okay, that, that was what, what, we, what they identified was God's mission. And Jane had this amazing quote that the church is not an organization or an institution it's a community of people who are called to fulfill that mission a community of people not an institution not an organization but people who are trying to align everything into god with it to align it to god so that was a recap of, of week one last week we had hannah and tian give us uh, answer that question what is church through the lens of history, 2,000 years of history. They walked us through this amazing timeline and something that, that Hannah pointed out was that the church often goes through these cycles. Can anyone remember the, the, the four cycles or call out one of the cycles? Persecution. Yeah, persecution, great. So if you think of a cycle, persecution's down the bottom. Political alliance, alliance with, with yeah, political leaders, great. So that, that one's up up the top. Revival. Actually, sorry, persecution, let's put that here. Alliance with political powers or leaders is here. Revival. Revival, yep, down the bottom. And influence over society was the other one that she mentioned. So she said that the church across across history seems to go between these these spaces that that they're, sometimes they're persecuted, that often leads to growth, and then they align themselves with political leaders, and often once that happens, it starts to lead to decline, and then they have influence over society, and that also continues to, to kind of be tied with decline, but then there's often revival, and, and, and with revival comes growth, and so persecution and revival are kind of tied to this growth part of church history. And something else that Hannah highlighted was that God seems to have built in a self-correcting mechanism. Over thousands of years, the church has never fully, as, as wild as the tumults and, and the, the journey of the church has been, the church has never been able to stray so far away from God's mission that they become completely lost. Why? Because God's built in this self-correcting mechanism to make sure that the church is always on track. And Hannah said that she thinks that prophets are that self-correcting mechanism, that in every generation, God raises up prophets to call the church back into alignment with his mission okay so that's 
That's where we've been. That's the last two weeks. Okay, We've looked at a Bible, a biblical kind of understanding of church. We've looked at a historical understanding of church. And that lands us to today. Okay, And today we're going to be look at, looking at what is church today in our generation, in our time, in our era. Specifically, I want us to ask, what is church in our culture? But why is culture so important to answering that question? Well, has anyone uh, uh, experienced... Actually, sorry, I'll just get this uh, sorted. <laughs> um, so why, why is culture so important? Culture, a helpful way to think about culture is that it's the atmosphere that we inhabit. Culture is the air that we breathe. And I want you to keep that image in your mind. Um, let's do a quick, uh, a quick game. Who can find Romans 12, 1 to 2? On your phone or in your Bibles, go. First one to find it wins. No, not on the sheet. Doesn't count. Has to be in your Bible. Romans 12, verse 1 to 2. Je Janet, come up to the front. Well done. The prize is that you get to read it out. If you can read that out for us, there we go. And so, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Thank you, Janet. Now, many of you might have other translations as well that might have a different set of words, but the same idea. The NIV translation that I've printed on your papers reads, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, perfect, pleasing will. Has anyone ever experienced getting lost in translation? Who, who's travelled overseas? A number of you. Who's been married? Who's been married? <laughs> but... But let's, have you ever experienced trying to communicate something to someone and that the message just doesn't come across? It gets completely lost, okay? Mum has this great story where she um, was, she was up, the top of a, up the top of a building and I think there was removalists coming in and she wanted them to come up and get the, uh, get the, drawers. the drawers. What's the Spanish word for drawers, Mum? Cajones. 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 Cajones, okay? The emphasis on the ca. So she said, uh, what did you say, Mum? Don't say it so loud. <laughs> she said, bring me up, bring me up the, what she wanted to say was bring me up the drawers. They, uh, yeah. Dime la cajones. But she said cojones. Oh, no. Now, if you don't know what cojones is, it's the... Mm, <laughs> I know what it is. <laughs> Look it up in your own time. She said, bring me up the cojones, okay? Completely lost in translation, okay? Now, now this happens with scripture all the time. All the time. Because 
the, the, the scripture wasn't written in English, was it? No. No, it was translated. The words that we read today are translated from often either Hebrew or Greek. And the New Testament is translated from what language? Greek, originally, yeah. Most of the New Testament originally was written in Greek. So in order to, to try and bridge that gap and, and try and try and understand what Paul's talking about here, I, I want to propose to you that, that this passage is talking, Paul is talking all about culture. He doesn't use the word culture once, not a single time. But he's talking and speaking to how we should, how the church is supposed to respond to culture. Now, how, why do I think that? Well, I want to take you through, on your sheets, you've got four Greek words. All right? And I want to take you through what these Greek words mean. David, okay? I need the mic. Oh, sure. Not to, yep, that's it. There? Yep. Great. Okay, so... In the verse from verse 2, it says, Do not conform to the pattern. Now, conform to the pattern is four words. In Greek, it's one word. And that word is, I'll say it wrong, but suskematizo. Okay? Suskematizo, conform to the pattern. Do you know what it means? It means to form according to a mold. Okay? Form according to a mold. Think of a cake cake tin. When you put a, a cake mix into the cake tin, if it's a bunt tin or a square tin or a or a triangle tin, what's the cake going to come out like? That form. It's not you can't it can't grow into another form. It's molded into that shape. That's what this is talking about. Do not be molded into a particular shape. Now, the next word is this word I know. Okay, and this is the word, the Greek word for that word that we read, world. Now, there's two words in the New Testament that are used to, 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 for, for world. One is cosmos, okay? We, that's where we get the idea of the, the cosmos. And the Greek word cosmos refers to all created things, everything that is, that, that is physically uh, tangible and evident in the world. That's not the word that, that is used here. The word that is used is know, And know means, and I love this, it means the moral or immoral atmosphere that we breathe, that is created across time. That's what this word means. I know, the moral or immoral atmosphere that we breathe. When he says, do not conform to the world. Okay? So, the moral or immoral atmosphere. We Excuse my handwriting. The third word that's important here is that word, so do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the, what word is it? Renewing. Renewing. Okay, now that word is anakinosis. And, and that word is talked, I think it's used four times in the New Testament. And it means to change for the better, to make something new. It's different from, from the old, and it's, it's an improvement from the old, and it's a change. There is a, there is a, a, a fundamental shift in what it, it was and is now. Okay? I'm going to say change for the better. And that last word, this is probably the most 
profound for me. That last word is a Greek word called nous, N-O-U-S, nous. And in Greek philosophy, this word uh, could be best translated to sniff out, to sniff something out. But, but another way to translate it is to recognise the true nature of something as against its surface appearance. So the Greeks used nous to talk about when a soldier was, was in, in war and was able to recognise the enemy camouflaged among the rocks. That's, it requires nous to be able to do that. It requires the use of their mind to be able to do that, to recognise and to see and to identify that's not rocks, that's an enemy. And I can see the difference. Okay, so if I, if I was to translate and, and, and kind of um, based, on, based on these words, the passage might read something like this. Do not be so easily moulded by the culture you live in and breathe every day. Rather, be vigilant about improving your ability to recognise what is true and good for you and what is false and is killing you. That's how, I might, that's how the passage might read. Do not be so easily moulded by the culture that you live and breathe in every day, but be vigilant about improving your ability to recognise what is true and good for you and what is false and is killing you. Okay, my interpretation of this passage is that every day we have two options, to be moulded or to mould culture. To be influenced by culture or to influence it. To be formed by culture or to form the culture around us. We, there's no other option. You will either be formed by the air that you breathe or you will form it. And it's our responsibility to determine whether that culture is true or false. Whether the air is toxic and killing us or is life-giving and feeding to our souls. So, I could give you my opinion about what parts of our culture are toxic and killing us and what parts of our culture are good and you should you know, invest in, but I think it'd be far more beneficial if we did that process together. So I'm going to invite Kyle up to help me for this um, activity. Kyle's going to be um, my handy scribe. Catch. You can use that one. Sorry, I didn't finish here. Let me finish this. People who are finishers are going to be like, David, you didn't finish the noose word. So the activity to recognize the true nature of things against its surface appearance. There you go, finished it. How good's that? Alrighty, there you go, thank you. So, this activity, what we're going to do, we're gonna, this is, this is going to be activity broken up into three. The first two we'll do together, the third one you're going to do by yourself. We're going to name culture, because culture is, is like the air we breathe. You can't see the air. But how, do you, how, can, how can we see the air? We feel it. Yeah, nice. By throwing it up and seeing the effect it has on something else. So how? So the best way for us to identify culture is to think about the impact it has had, the change that it has had. So if you're struggling to think of culture, think about 
what, how, how are the things that I value different from previous generations? How has it changed? How are the things that I spend my time doing different from other countries or other cultures? How has that changed or different? How are the, the, the things that we, we um, spend our time, our, our work and our energy and the things we give ourselves to, how has it changed over time? That's a great way to identify what culture is. Okay. A second guidance for this activity is that because um, is that we, we, we tend to find, I, I call it the log in the eye syndrome. Every human suffers from the log in the eye syndrome. Does anyone know what log in the eye syndrome is? Yes. Yeah? What is it? Is it when you see faults in others but not the log in your own eye? Yeah, 100%. Matthew 7. Okay, we see faults in others so easy. I can tell you what's going on with you. I can tell you what's wrong with you and you and you. But I've got no, I'm not going to be able to tell you what's wrong with me. It takes so much more work to do that. Okay, log in the eye syndrome. And every human suffers from this. It's a chronic condition. But we can get better at it if we take Paul's words seriously to judge ourselves more harshly than the world around us. That we, we should criticise and be aware of our faults much more than others. Be vigilant about that. So that's my second piece of advice. Third piece of advice for this activity is when we're talking about culture, there are two kinds of people that are really helpful at doing this. People who have a prophetic gifting, who can see through culture, and we have those here. There are people, there are prophet giftings in this church for sure. And people who have spent a long time outside of our culture. They can see things so much more clearly than people who have just lived and been born in the culture. So listen to those voices. Listen to the prophets. Listen to people who have been outside of our culture for, for a long period of time. Because they can be really helpful. Alright. I'm going to stop talking. I've done enough talking. I'm not going to sit down. But what I want you to do, what we're going to do, is I want you to call out the, the question on your sheets. If you, if you flip it over, there's a little box there. And we're going to be answering the question, what... Does our culture value most highly? What are the things that, that our culture places the highest value on? And I want you to call them out. We're going to write them up. Money. Money. Success. Sport. Sport. Well, you're going to have to slow down. Kyle's Money. not super cute. Money. Sport. Success. Beauty. Yes. Yes. My word. Health. I miss out on that. Self-indulgence. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Yes.
Safety. Yeah. Safety. Yep. Going forward. What was that? Yeah. Going forward. Okay, so like being progressive? Yeah. Moving, moving on. Moving on. Yeah, yeah. We don't say anything about the stuff that's not so good. Yeah, yeah. We don't value the past. We think we've done it better than everyone before us. Or just maintenance. Or we just ignore the Tolerance. Tolerance. Weekends and holidays. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I'm going to change that one a little bit. I'm going to extend that one, Adam. I'm going to make it comfort. Comfort? Comfort. Recreation? Yeah. We can do positive ones too. So recreation's not bad. But yeah, comfort's good. It could all go under pleasure, couldn't it? Yes, it is. Pleasure! Ding, 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 ding! Ten points. Go to the top of the class. Political correctness. Our culture values political correctness. What else is our culture value? Independence. Independence, yeah. Okay, I'm surprised. There's one huge ticket item that's not up here. What do we spend about all of our day looking at? Social media. Thank you. <laughs> Social media. Now, some of us might do that. <laughs> our culture. Okay. Our new, our new generation. Dave, you get on a train and you tell me how many people oh, are exactly. looking up from their phones. Yeah. Not a single person. Not a single person. Go and look at a bus stop in the morning. Yeah. But David, they might be looking at this sermon on YouTube. They might be looking at this sermon, but it's still it's still a culture thing, right? In previous generations, you wouldn't be doing that. Using the ability to talk to people oh. and find out how because we're so absorbed that we forget about the next person. So we lose the art of communication. Love that. But how do we simplify that? Part of that is definitely social media, but part of it is like we're a very instant gratification culture. Instant gratification, instant communication. Everything's instant. Instant food, instant communication. Instant success. There's one that's not up there that I'm really surprised about, and maybe it's just because it's not one of our values. Which is? Family. Yes, it's not. No, I think I think family's up there. So far, a lot of what we've been saying have been negatively geared. Family, I think, is, is could be identified hugely as a as a cultural value. So, what's our positive values? <laughs> a lot. Of, uh, none of them are necessarily wrong. Beauty is beautiful. Social media is not not a, a terrible thing. Materialism has its. Place. Has its place. Self-indulgence. Um, safety is a good thing. Yeah. yeah so the, the the key to this is all of these cultural values. None of them are innately evil or innately good. Okay, but all of them can be certainly twisted and and often more so than others for evil yeah. rather than for good. Okay. Any more? Yeah. Along with tolerance, diversity, and inclusion. So. Different cultures and peoples and religions. Yeah, yeah, I tell. Yep. Multiculturalism. Oh, so it's kind of in a society where we have to accept everything. So, I think tolerance is up there. Yeah. All right, I think we might have exhausted the board. The board. That's good. All right, we'll stop there. Thanks, everyone.
So, like, like I said, it's important to 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 remember that none of these, I mean, to different extents, but all these sit on a spectrum. Okay, none of these values are innately wrong. But yeah, oh, thanks. Yeah, good call. Okay, none of these are innately wrong. But absolutely, they can be twisted for evil in our lives. Absolutely, that is true. So what we're going to do now is I want you to break off into discussion groups, so three or four, just people around you. And you're going to answer two questions. You're going to have ten minutes. How has... So, so we've just talked about culture out there. Okay? Next step, we're going to take ownership of this. Okay? How has the church... Okay, our church, you, you are uh, mo mostly here, would be identified as the church. So how has the church, both our church and, and more broadly, been moulded by our culture? How do we reflect these things? Because it's true, isn't it, that we, if the air we breathe, we, 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 we suck it in and sometimes we're not aware. Let's take a moment to go, how have we actually been sucked into this culture? Okay, identify that. And then if you can, if you have time, how have we actually influenced or, or moulded the culture around us? I should have changed that word, sorry, I did. On, I think it, you should be on there, actually. So how have we been influenced by the culture? How do we actually do these things no differently than the culture around us? Yeah, the church. And then how has the church actually influenced the culture around us and is different, okay? Okay, discussion time, 10 minutes people around you. If you're not near people, um, like Connor, Jake, if you can jump in with Colin and, and Glenn, um, Pearl, Janet, if you want to turn around to people around you, four people would be great. Glenny, you can come and join a group up the front or... You're asleep, mate. Can't see your eyes. Ten minutes later. Alrighty, bring it back, bring it back. Thanks, everyone, for that. Thanks for your lively discussion. Really appreciate the time and. Um, if, if we if we had time, uh, actually, we'll, we'll just like for a, a quick minute. Um, does anyone, two two people, uh, just want to share a, a snippet of uh, of the conversation that was happening? Just maybe maybe you can focus on one, share one thing that that the church is not doing well. Give me one way that unhealthily adopted. Yes, one way that the church has unhealthily been influenced or adopted culture around us. Greedy, greediness. Sure. Does it, maybe if I can just get one person to come up and and just give a bit of a explanation of one of the concepts. I'm gonna go. Sandy, can you come up and share something from your group? Being wealthy, trans having transport, traveling, 
doing your own thing and your own experience. That makes you very time poor for other people and you, you become much less family oriented or neighbours or community oriented because you, you don't know, you know, like in your grandparents' time or in poorer countries, we all know each other and we can trust each other and share kids and know someone's sick or whatever. And there's a depth of knowing each other because even if you don't get on, you still know they've been there for 30 years, you know, and you know their mother and their grandmother. So I think part of that is the culture of being, of moving around and you lose, it's very hard to get a less than superficial relationship. So how do you get that? You need to somehow decide what you're not doing to be able to have more time to go deeper with less people. I really appreciate that reflection. Heard a lot of people say, mmm, yes. <laughs> um, and it just taps into, I'll just share one from our group. Um, Cassie said she was surprised that one thing that uh, was not up here was community or, or mateship, that our culture values, you know, mateship, being helping out, giving a lending hand, being around, gathering, you know, people gather, you know, bringing it together to help out. And, um, and our group, you know, said it's an, it's an indictment. It is an indictment against the church that we can be doing community worse than a footy group. We can be doing community worse than a biker gang. We can be doing community worse than people who don't have Jesus at the centre of what they're doing. But we can come and not know what's going on in each other's life. That is an indictment against us. That is that is something that we that 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 we have absorbed and it's connected, you know, it's connected surely to to a lot of the stuff, I mean, to, to wealth and affluence. We don't need each other because we're self-reliant. I don't need to ask for your help because I can do it by myself. I've got the resources to do it. We don't need to, and, and you know, we press, obviously in this community, we press against that, but, but broadly speaking, there's something to reflect on there. And we need to take a hard look at ourselves and, and ask these questions, why? why? Why is it possible for us to have superficial relationships with each other? What are we doing that causes that to happen? How can we move against that? Because that is not church that, that God made. The church that God made on this earth was about bringing people into alignment with his will. And that is at the heart of that is community. At the heart of that is, is knowing what's going on in each other's life. Vulnerability, I would say, is the word for that. So what I would like to challenge you to do, and, and I, this is no small challenge, okay? What we've done this morning has been fairly easy. The next stage is far harder. What I want you to do is to ask yourself, how have you been influenced by the culture? How have you taken on the values of our culture and how has it shaped your life in a way that God never meant it to? Because reality is that you are the church. Jane is the church, and Mum is the church, and Colin is the church, and Glenn is the church, and Pearl is the church. And the sum of the things that we spend our time on, our money on, our thoughts on, our energy on, the sum of those things is church. So we need to take a hard look and ask ourselves, have we allowed the, the air that we breathe to shape our way in a way that the gospel 
you know, in a way that God never meant it to. Okay, that's your homework for the week. I really, really can't stress this enough. Please take the time, because if we do this, it's transformational to identify it, to be able to, 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 to take a moment and to go, how, how am I being influenced by the culture around me? It's really helpful. If you can just name one thing this week, it will be it will be really you know positive step forward um, to us becoming aligning ourselves with God's mission for the church. I'd just like to uh, finish off by reading a passage from Amos five. If anyone has it in front of them, you're welcome to read along. If I can find it, Amos is after. Joel, thank you. That was actually quite helpful. (coughs) Hear this word, Israel, this lament I take up concerning you. Fallen is virgin Israel, never to rise again, deserted in her own land with no one to lift her up. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to Israel. Your city that marched out a thousand strong will only have a hundred left. Your town that marches out a hundred strong will only have ten left. This is what the Lord says to Israel. Seek me and live. Do not seek Bethel. Do not go to Gilgal. Do not journey to Beersheba. For Gilgal will surely go into exile. And Bethel will be reduced to nothing. Seek the Lord and live. Or he will sweep you through the tribes of Joseph like a fire. It will devour them, and Bethel will have no one to quench it. Let's finish there. Lord God, thank you for an opportunity to think about culture, to think about the way that we are being influenced, often without noticing, often without realising. But Lord, thank you also that you actually have this great mandate for your church, the mission for your church is a call to influence and to shape the world around us, to bring it into alignment with yours. That's our mission, Lord, is to shape and be be forces that are moving against the atmosphere that we're in, that are moving against the culture that we're in, and that are promoting all of the good things about our culture and bringing them to their fulfillness, their, their full realisation. Lord, help us to do that as your church. Help us to have the courage to take an honest look at ourselves and help us to, to um, press into those areas that are, are, are hard and challenging, but also to, to make the areas that are good flourish in our lives. We just pray these things in your name. Amen. Thanks, everyone.